he makes plays. He can improvise. Can can make all the throws. But I just love his leadership, his consistency. There's a calmness and a, and a, and a presence to him that uh, helps you focus on other things. Um, he he's the last guy that you honestly have to uh, to worry about. Certainly don't want to take that for granted. Uh, but at the same time, uh, that's that's that for us is a real comfort level in, in where he is mentally, uh, physically, spiritually, leadership. Uh, he gets it. You know, he's very he's mature beyond his years, and his decision making is is uh, as a, at a really high level. And then he elevates those around him, and that's what to me the best the best do is they make everyone around them better. And um, uh, he's never too high, never too low. Just a, really a model of of uh, consistency. What you see is what you get with him. There you go. There's BV talking about his quarterback. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We talked about it yesterday. Who was it at 247 had him as the number four quarterback in college football? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, Dylan Gabriel at uh, number four. And it's amazing to me that there's such a wide range in – like where people think he is, his rel- relative importance to Oklahoma, and kind of where they have Oklahoma ranked or rated. It's strange. It is. It, like, is there a chance, though, that it, has abs- it actually has nothing to do with him? It, are those rankings, if you have him at number four or the number 25 overall transfer player, is there a chance it has nothing to do with him and everything if you think OU's offense is going to fall off a cliff or not with, with the new offensive coordinator? Because I feel like that has a, a, a big you know, a, a big piece of it. Well, yeah, I think, I think the system obviously is, is a huge factor, but right, if you have him as the number four quarterback, you obviously feel like he's going to thrive and – and by the end of the season, like that's where he's going to fall in the pecking order. I, I, I don't think you. I mean, it's more of a prediction than where, like, they honestly are, right? And if you feel that strongly about it, you probably feel like this offense is going to be really good. And if you feel like the offense is going to be really good, it's weird that some people have them outside the top twenty-five, or you know what? Uh, Bet online has OU's win total at eight and a half, which I'm thrilled about, but it's just, I've never seen, and this isn't just OU, I don't remember any team, and maybe it's just that I wouldn't have been as focused on it, but can you remember any team that has been picked with such a wide variety of of where they might be. Some teams have, some people have them at six. Stuart Mandel has them outside the top 25. Uh, some people have seen, uh, have Dylan Gabriel as Brad Crawford here has him as the number four quarterback in the country. Um, but at the same time, someone else at 247 Sports didn't even have him listed in the, in the, what was it, the top 20 transfers or something like that. So there, it's so wide ranging. Yeah. I don't usually it's 
usually it's such group think that everyone's kind of stuck together and seems to be all over the map with Oklahoma. I, I think that there are instances of that. I think there's an instance of that this year, actually. But the teams that we're talking about when that's the case, it's like NC State or it's yes, Arkansas. Good point. It, it, it's teams like that to where there's no real proof that they're going to live up to expectations. Some people like that they have a lot coming back. Others are, eh, it's still NC State. We'll see. But in, like, what group OU's in? No, man. I, I, I can't remember another time where it's just been this this far apart. It's it's amazing. Amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, usually, like the big dogs, that's a good point. It's usually fairly unanimous where everyone kind of has them picked. But I, I still believe that if you're going to have it one way or the other, I know it's kind of like a badge of honor as a fan to say that, yeah, we're preseason top five. Everyone thinks we're going to be pretty good. It's kind of a badge of honor, but it's probably way better for your team to be picked low and to be left out to where you can, you know, hit the summer, hit training camp, and go into that fall schedule with a chip on your shoulder. What do you think um, Brent Venables would prefer? I mean, maybe we can ask him that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour when he joins us, but you think he'd prefer to be top five? I mean, he's always talking about Oklahoma having, you know, the best tradition in college football, not that I disagree with him, but do you, rather, do you think he'd want to start in the top five or, or, you know, kind of behind the scenes a little bit? I'm sure top five because it's visibility to recruits, right? Like right now, if everyone's kind of all over the place on where Oklahoma's going to be and you're a recruit, you're probably probably feeling the same way. It's like, man, I sure I sure feel like I like the team and like the coaching staff and like what's going on there, but no one thinks they're going to be any good. What what gives? What's the deal? So yeah, I'm sure he would prefer that they be, you know, a, a top five preseason ranked football team. But I don't know that. Other than for recruiting and kind of being able to to put that that graphic out there i don't think he would really even mind or care about it uh text line says bud wilkinson hall demolition has begun drove by today for one last look has it been determined what is going up in its place mark in newcastle i had no idea that was even happening yeah it has been determined it was like a 75 million dollar um, was it academic resources and stuff like that? Isn't that what it was? Offices? I, I am like, totally, I can't remember. I'm totally it, lost it, on it was that. On the I didn't know this was list. happening. Okay, then I, I, I totally missed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it was on the regent list whenever all of that stuff came out that they were they were presenting to the regents, the over, you know, the, the stadium, the, the softball upgrades, baseball upgrades, the Lloyd Noble upgrades. There was also this deal for the Bud Wilkinson, and it was I think it's seventy-five million dollars allocated to it. Oh wow! <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have any scuttlebutt? By the way, the, the last OU caravan is tomorrow night in Oklahoma City. They've made all the other stops. Have you heard any scuttle at all? If they've done a nice job fundraising at these various stops? Um, I have not heard. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know. Um, I'm guessing if they presented the regents with 
like half a billion dollars worth of uh, facility upgrade stuff, and they're already breaking ground on some of it. I would feel like that would mean they're getting some of the donor reaction that they wanted. But again, I don't. I, that's just that's just a guess. Maybe they had already secured those funds previously. So. I don't know. For, from the 405, I think it's interesting that Brent Venables is being given less credit for his track record than Dan Lanning or Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. Yeah, we, we've we mentioned yeah. that several times. It's Marcus Freeman is allowed to be awesome in his first year at Notre Dame, even though he's never been a head coach before, but Brent Venables for some reason isn't. And you and I both think Marcus Freeman is going to do a – Great job at Notre Dame. I think, Teddy, I'll go as, like, Notre Dame is a team that I think we really need to keep our eyes on in the next three years or so of really making a strong move towards a national championship, but just be consistent. That's that's all we ask. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I happen to think both of those guys are going to do really good at their their jobs, and, you know, I, I think Brent Venable's going to do really good at his job. That's it, though. Don't pick and choose whenever you're going to say – a guy doesn't have head coaching experience, so you're you're really tempering your expectations. So that's this, that's the only thing there. Consistent. This text says Oklahoma's recruiting seems to have fallen off since the new staff has taken over. At what point should we start to get to concerned? Well, I like. What do you mean? Like it's starting to fall off because last year they rallied and had the number eight overall class which would have ranked, what, as the second highest in the Lincoln-Riley administration here at OU? So I know you're looking at it right now, and they're in the 30s. It's still pretty early on for this recruiting class. Like, I don't even – I think Bama's like fringe top 25 at this point. But I think that this staff has already proven – they proved it last year in a short amount of time they can really close and really recruit. So, no, I I don't think that you should be worried. I think that it is – totally reasonable for this to be a slow start to a recruiting class last year venables is named late you got signing day quickly approaching um you've got relationships you've built with uh guys at other places and you know you you luckily you end up getting some of those guys you also have players that the previous administration was recruiting and you know you're going to honor that, and there's there's it's kind of late to start jumping ship as, as as signing day is looming. This one is is tough because you don't really have anything to recruit on yet. All you have is is your word and the promises that you're making, and you know the your vision of what the future is. No one has no one has and, and I'm. I'm sure everyone that shows up is is blown away and, and gets along well with the staff and all that stuff is going well, but you got to be able to go out there and show that you're going to be a really good team. You know, they're reading the headlines too that Oklahoma is now a eight and a half win total uh, per bet online, and maybe they're not looking at online betting sites, but I'm just saying that you know that is a that is well down from what it traditionally is. It's almost always what ten wins is the over under on yeah. Oklahoma for the season, ten and a right? Half sometimes, yeah, or eleven. So, whenever you're getting hit with that type of information, you're. I think you're probably going to slow play it. And and the other thing is the way Venables is is playing out this recruiting. It lends itself to slow playing, 
to where guys are going to take some trips elsewhere and and see some other places before they commit. I don't think you I don't think you should worry at all right now. I think that this is par for the course for a new new staff coming in and they're recruiting on you know hopes and you know vision for the future. They don't have the meat and the potatoes. They can't say look at the draft that we just had. Look at how well these guys have done in my system here. I mean, you can point to where you've been, but it's just this is probably going to be one of their more difficult classes. Yeah, but they also have a different approach too. You know, they're not, you know, they're, they're not just pushing for a whole lot of I mean, they'd like early commits if they could get them, don't get me wrong, but we we've heard what he said. Know what commitment looks like, man. If you want to go take other visits, that's fine. That's cool. That's that's okay. Like play that game. But when you're committed to us, be ready to stay committed to us and not take any other visits. So I, I think that, yeah, you're right with what you said, but the recruiting style and philosophy lends itself towards, you know, especially this year, you're not just gonna have some great starts. What you're number thirty eight right now, Florida's thirty five, Miami's thirty six, Clemson's thirty one, Alabama's twenty six, A and M is twenty four, Oregon's twenty three. So you're not that far off right now. I will say this, you know, covering OU recruiting this year, Teddy, has probably been. I don't know if it's been more difficult. It's been tougher to really pay attention to this year, just because there there's not eight ten commitments at this point in the year. Like, if you're really paying attention to it, you'll see, oh, wow. Yeah, they've only got four commitments at this time, but there's a four-star linebacker in Pennsylvania that a lot of people think OU leads for right now. You know, there is a four-star offensive tackle in the Kansas City area that a lot of people think OU is leading for right now. So they don't have those commitments, but if you get really into the weeds of OU recruiting, you're going to find a a whole lot of high-level four-stars that you're hearing that OU's in the lead four and ultimately probably going to get their commitment. So, yeah, I see the 38, and it doesn't look good right now. Yeah. But if you really look into things, it's a whole lot better right now than what that 38 overall looks like. And, and I don't know. You would know better than I do, but I, I feel like maybe, especially on the defensive side, they are they're in a much more competitive market Yes. Than, than they were previously, and I think that probably lends itself to later commitments. Sure. Right. Whenever you're you got guys, you're like the backer out of out of Pennsylvania Bill is Picciotti. probably probably a Penn State guy, probably a Clemson. Um, his, Bama, his, his final four Michigan. actually is a little bit unique. Michigan is in there, and Auburn is in there, but it's Nebraska as well. He didn't even have Penn State in his top four, so that was that was a little unique. But what you're talking about, yeah, like a a guy like PJ Edibare uh, that we talk about a lot on Locked yeah. In. This guy is legit, man. Every camp he goes to, it's like he emerges as he's the best player there. Four star, got a chance to be a five star defensive player. OU's going up against Georgia, they're going up against Michigan, they're going up against Iowa, and the thought all around the country is that OU's the team to beat here. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're yeah. going up against, especially defensively, you're going up against Alabama, you're, you're going up against Georgia now for kids, you, you are going up against the best, and you know, they're, they're going to the Southeast to get defensive players that, you know, maybe, I wouldn't say traditionally, 
But they're, they're really pursuing the, the states of Georgia and Florida pretty hard. And it's hard, man, to get into the states of Georgia and Florida and get those early commits for defensive kids. But they're doing a good job there. They are. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good stuff. All right. Keep the text coming. 651-3439. Um, quick timeout. Hanging out at Brown O'Haver today. 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver is a public insurance firm that adjusts insurance claims for the insured not the insurance company. If you've had a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver. They routinely get their clients 30 to 40% more money uh, than whenever you go about your insurance claim on your own. Plus, there's peace of mind there. This is what they do. They handle insurance claims. They're the professionals. Do your thing. Spend time with your family. Uh, spend time with your work. Let them do the hard stuff. Let them take care of your insurance claim for you. Uh, again, 405-735-5510. Teddy and Tyler telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from 2 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans. At Landers, we're all about you. The smile makers, the trailblazers, people doing what they do best, making things happen for those that need it most. The kind of people that are true game changers. And we're all about giving you the exact vehicle you're looking for. If you don't see exactly what you want, we'll find it. Pre-order online or right from our store today during the Ram Make the Switch event. Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman is driven to serve. Golf fans, have you heard the news? The Gimme Zone, the ref's newest radio show is coming your way on Saturdays from 10 to noon featuring PGA Tour players, top college athletes, the latest in the high school golf scene, and of course, great golf talk. It's the only golf show broadcasted across the entire state of Oklahoma. There's no laying up from us, and it's not your ordinary golf show. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! Tune in on Saturdays from 10 to noon for the Gimme Zone on the ref. Entrepreneurs and more Norman in South Oklahoma City have an experienced business partner in their neighborhood. More Norman Technology Center's workforce and economic development team understands the challenges entrepreneurs and small businesses face every day. From building an effective business model to hiring the right employees and managing cash flow, more Norman's business development experts can help you move forward confidently and thrive knowing that you have a skilled partner at your side. Learn more about More Norman's Technology Center by calling 405-801-5000 or visit us online at mntc.edu. You're simply the best. Beats and Bites is back this summer at Riverwind. Don't miss Night Ranger. And Starship. Plus, all your favorite food trucks. Tickets are just $5 at riverwind.com or the box office. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center is one of the leaders in orthopedics and podiatry surgery in the state. With six orthopedic surgeons and one podiatrist, along with on-site PT and one of the largest open MRIs in the state, they are able to diagnose, treat, and help with recovery for a wide range of injuries. With offices located across the state, they are never too far away. Give them a call at 405-364-7900 or visit them on the web at orthonorman.com for appointments or more information. Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner has been Sooner fans' favorite place to shop for more than 45 years. Locally owned, Jerry and Libby invite you to stop by and say hello and see what's new. 
With OU softball, baseball, tennis, and golf headed to postseason play, Balfour has everything you need to support your favorites. Whether it's a new tee, a hat, or even OU socks, they have exactly what you need to be game ready. While you're there, be sure to check out the new Solo Stove OU Sooner Fire Pits. Now that's tailgating in style. This is the time of year that Balfour starts getting all the latest styles and designs for spring and summer, so there's always something new. You'll also find a large selection of Sooner things that make a perfect gift for your OU room, office, yard, or home. For the home or tailgating, choose from our serving trays, dinnerware, bowls, barbecue accessories, and even OU tablecloths. But that's not all. You can also shop for Sooner golf and auto accessories, flags and banners, and even pet toys and accessories. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Balfour of Norman or shop online at crimsonproud.com, where you will find everything Sooner. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Cavens Construction bringing you our number two of the rush on this Wednesday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma. Can help take the ease off of your staff at fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Give Gary and the team a call today. 405-573-3048. Tulsa. 918-282-7612. Reading an interesting article earlier today about uh, TV times. Will these new network deals improve kickoff times for college football teams because we like to gripe about 11 a.m. kickoff so much? Basically, it's, well, college football fans, you got to choose. Would you rather have better kickoff times in the afternoon or do you like all those TV dollars that your school and your conference are, are getting right now? Because they really control the things. You know, right. um, it is annoying when OU's put on a six-day hold or something like that for kickoff teams. But as I read, it was kind of explained in an interesting way. Is And it, it, it makes sense. You know, when you have all these TV networks putting all this money into games – wouldn't you want to wait until six days out to pick which game you're airing to see who's actually good and who's not good? And for, like, the Big 12 right now, it's a little bit tougher because the Big 12 will have games on ABC, they'll have games on ESPN, they'll have games on Fox. This article was saying that now that the SEC is virtually 100% ESPN, once OU and Texas join the league, you might get to a point where kickoff times for the season are released maybe in the summer as opposed to the week before the game actually starts, which which will be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm, I don't know. I guess there's probably, and they know, they have way better access to what games rate well and what doesn't. And, yeah, I think a lot of times it matters – Who's good, but there's probably a lot of times where it's maybe more about the brand than exactly how good they are and how big of a fan base you have. And, you know, I, so I don't know. I, 
it is strange that they do it so far out, though. I mean, I'm with you on that. Yeah. You would think that they'd, they'd leave themselves way more opportunity to flex some of that stuff because, you know, and it's not always just – it's not always just how good are the teams. Like, say, for instance, this Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban spat. I, if, if, if this took place in the season – and all of a sudden there's this big conversation going on back and forth between coaches and like that's one of the big big you know storylines going on in the next couple of weeks like and they're about to match up you may elevate that knowing that everyone's going to tune in to see what what happens right well i think they did that today uh, what the sec has that one week every year where they get to have the double header you know they get to have that primetime night game and they just put that October 8th weekend as their doubleheader weekend. So the thought is is that I think I think the SEC gets to have their primetime game at 7 o'clock one time per year, and it sounds like they might put that Alabama A&M game there, which makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Um, that's – I don't know. It's weird. I, I honestly – I don't know what the – what the SEC change is going to do for us as far as kickoff window, right? The optimist in me says it's going to be better, but I don't know. It'll be fewer 11 a.m. kicks. I I really feel like it will be fewer 11 a.m. kicks. Just because, you know, Fox is still going to have that big noon window, so – I, I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more 2.30, 6.30 evening games than we are 11 a.m. Not saying that they won't yeah. play another 11 a.m. game in the future. Not saying that OU Texas isn't going to be 11 a.m. still every single year. But I just don't think that you're going to have to deal with that as much as, 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 much as you did. And just, those, and just that, man, if you take away the you know three home games a year, it feels like, where you're playing an 11 a.m. game, combined with schools like Auburn, LSU, Georgia, schools like that coming in, what might that do for the merchants down on campus corner and season ticket sales? Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah. 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 I, you know, that's, that's part of the thing. We talked about it, obviously, whenever the announcement was made last summer that the biggest benefit – oh, it's not the biggest benefit, but, like, one of the – one of the things that comes along with this collaterally is the just the local boom from from these massive fan bases coming in and swallowing up hotel rooms and Airbnbs and posting up in restaurants and bars for uh, you know three days or so leading up to the game, uh, hanging out on campus corner like food, all that stuff is. That's that's a that's a big deal whenever you talk about four games perhaps where right now it's just it's mainly local fans. And I'm not saying that every team that you play from the SEC is going to bring in 20,000 uh fans with them, but they're going to bring in a lot, way more than any team that you play in the Big 12 currently does. And that's that turns into real revenue locally for the the immediate 
you know, community right around the stadium. Sure. Uh, text line, I would rather have an 11 a.m. kickoff than a 2.30. At least with 11 a.m., you have other things you need to do after the game. You have some time. 6 to 7 p.m. kickoffs, you can't do other things. You can do other things before if needed. 2.30, it's just right in the middle of the day. Maybe I'm the only one. I'd rather have 2.30 all day than 11 a.m. If I got to get stuff done, I guess that's what Sundays are for during the football season. Yeah, this is kind of where you get into the two different groups of fan. You have one fan to where Saturday home game is a morning to midnight ordeal. Like you're going, you're you're there. Those are right? my people. That's what you're doing, right? And then there's other fans that are are going for the game and. You're gonna you're gonna go. You may get there. I mean, you're gonna get there early to go. Maybe hang out at a friend's tailgate or or whatever. But you're gonna go in, watch the game. If it's a blowout, you may hit the exits a little early to beat traffic and and get out of there. So there's there's kind of take those two different thought process. Uh, you can see them play out at different well, times. Well, maybe the morning to midnight crowd will be more of a thing with SEC teams coming in. Maybe, just maybe. At least that's what I'm hoping. There'll be a little it's bit more reason much... to be a morning to midnight crowd with uh, the added attraction of these other crazy fans from the Southeast. Right. No, I, I think so. I think it's. Think it. It could be a more intense atmosphere on the field. And in the parking lot. Yeah. The people right? watching at OU football games is about to get a whole lot better, is essentially what we're saying. A whole lot better. Right. Uh, hey, real quick before we hit a break, uh, college football playoff predictions are already flying out. Here is former Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinns. Huh. There you go, Brady Quinn, national wow. radio host, former Notre Dame quarterback. They may be the fourth team in, but by God, Brady Quinn's got him in. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, it makes, <laughs> makes you feel bad? That actually someone someone uh, outside the state is uh, touting OU as a good team next year? Right. Yeah. And didn't a bunch of people picked him last year, right? Oh, so, everyone did. Yeah. I still say that last year, the reasoning for being so high on Oklahoma, it played out. We just didn't answer the call. That's why you had a team like Cincinnati make it and a team like uh, Michigan. Both of them were were good teams, but 
last year was it was a that was the year to get into the playoff if you're Oklahoma and and make something happen. We just we we weren't the team to do it. So I uh, I'm 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 down with Bama. Um, I'm down with Ohio State. I, I'm I'm good with OU, but <sighs> Georgia. I'm really. St- not starting. I, I, I'm just really trending towards not picking them to make the college football playoff. And I know that to most people, they think they seem like an obvious choice here. The third obvious choice, yes, they will get the benefit of the doubt from the committee after winning the championship last year. But Stetson Bennett's going to be their starting quarterback next year, man. Um, I think offensively, they're going to be fine, but not elites. But they're also going to be trying to win games without a defense that's better than last year. You know what I think about the championship hangover, especially since it had been since 1980 since they won a title. Championship hangovers are real, especially when it's been 42 years in between them. I think Georgia probably loses somewhere in the regular season, loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game, and is on the outside looking in as a two-loss team. I'm not, um, I don't think I'm going to pick Georgia in my 14 playoff this year. Yeah, I'm not picking them. Um, the question then becomes, okay, well, if not Georgia, then who? The answer to that question is Clemson. Or Notre Dame. For me. Yeah. And they play they play pretty late. They play in November. Um I I like Notre Dame. I'm just I'm still curious about them offensively. They got what it takes offensively. That's my um that's my hang up on Notre Dame and they've got a They've got a, a pretty tough schedule. Um, they've got they start with Ohio State early. You know they got Ohio State. They got Clemson um, at USC late, but I don't know because they can't they can't be a two loss team and and make it. So if they lose that opener to Ohio State, they got a lot of ground yeah. to make up. I uh, I have a hard time picking a Pac-12 team just because their toughest non-con games. I think they lose them all. I think Utah is going to lose at Florida week one, though that's going to be a really close game. I think Oregon's going to lose to Georgia in week one, and I think USC is going to get spanked by Notre Dame. So it's hard for me to envision any of those three teams losing to their big non-conference opponent and then winning out the rest of their games. So I'm I'm out on the Pac-12 this year again. I'm su- I'm surprised you've got Utah losing to Florida. It's gonna be a close game, really close game. But um, I don't know, man. I guess I like Anthony Richardson more than some others. I think Florida's gonna be better than people think this year. And what people think, think is they're gonna be a mid-level SEC team. I think you may be right about that, but don't you feel like it? It may be one of those where it comes on um, comes on late. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Utah is, hey, I mean, Utah is a trendy pick to, to make the college football playoff, but Florida being in the swamp week one is, that's that's a big edge to me. That's that's actually a huge edge. Yeah. Oh, God, that's going to be a toasty. Have fun with that, Utah, playing in the swamp in uh, early September. Yo, yikes. Right. Utah's. Utah's salty, though, man. I like Utah. I like the way they play. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on here from Brown O'Haver next.
It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. First, quick shout-out to our friends at Rooftech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, handles the business over there. Been doing good stuff there for a long, long time. Um, where shall we start? Uh, you think Kaepernick, um, who's working out for the uh, Raiders, is going to get signed? Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't think that that's. I think we're well past that time, unfortunately, hmm. for Colin Kaepernick. I'm still working him out, taking a look at the quarterback. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, now, speaking of the Raiders, um, there's been movement in. John Gruden's lawsuit against the league. Uh, today, the NFL filed a couple of different motions. Number one, they filed a motion for this to go to arbitration. Uh, Nevada 8th Judicial District Court Judge Nancy Alf ruled against it. And then the NFL filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit filed by John Gruden. Again, Tyler that was dismissed by the judge. So we're going to trial. Maybe as soon as the um, the situation wraps up with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, we can go directly to uh, seeing John Gruden take the witness stand with the eyebrow. Is this nostalgic for a whole lot of NFL fans, the Raiders going to trial over something? Which, by the way, <laughs> one of the more impressive things last year is all the turmoil – they suffered during the season, still end up being a playoff team last year. Pretty impressive. Right. I can see it now. Uh, didn't you, Mr. Gruden, in fact, send the alleged email? Uh, you like lawyering, man. You like sending emails, you really man. Like it. I mean, you really <laughs> like sending emails, man. Emojis, you know, signing your thing at the bottom. You really love it, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> say that. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. That's all I've got today. Yeah, I've got several. Uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame are playing week one of the season in Columbus. And I'm That's looking right. at a story on On3. Tickets are climbing to almost 9000 dollars right now um when tickets were released for sale on thursday the price is started at 285 each for seats at the top of the stadium to 8767 each for front row tickets near the 50 yard line so if you just want to get in the place you're probably going to have to spend north of around 300 or something if you want the best seats in the house yeah, you're looking at about 9k for Ohio State Notre Dame next year wow it's so so crazy uh i don't you feel like whenever every time tickets for something like this just skyrocket and then we see it for like the final four and i don't know a couple of different things last year i feel like there's always like this instant oh we've got to go and then there has to be like a massive amount of buyer's remorse for something like that right yeah Chef Gordon Ramsay is coming to Oklahoma City. That's right. He's bringing an English-style pub to, I think, Chisholm Creek up there in uh, North OKC, basically Edmond. But uh, one of the most well-known chefs of our time, an English pub style in OKC. Are you interested? No. Right on the water, by the way. I mean, I... I may happen into the place at some point. Someone may suggest it or whatever, but I'm not 
I'm not like making my reservation now. <laughs> uh, by any means, I don't, I don't think I will be. I don't think I will be either. I'm I'm probably right there with you. But hey, if someone wants to go there for a birthday party, you know, whatever, you find yourself there. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what it's about. So I know you don't get into the minutia of traditions of college football, but one of the traditions at Nebraska is after the Huskers score their first touchdown of the game, or judging by their recent performances, if they score a touchdown at home during the game, all the fans release uh, red balloons in the sky. Well, that's not going to be happening this year, Teddy. There is a helium shortage going on right now in our country amongst everything Mm -hmm. else. So they are suspending the releasing of the balloons tradition for this season. OU fans will not get to see it on September, what is that, 18th? Dang. I was really hoping that they would spend all that time and money and effort and then we would shut them out. <laughs> That'd be pretty odd. Or at How least like just work? score three and not score a touchdown or anything. Right. How does that work? Do they just like um, they get a white sharpie, release them at some point? Right. Fire Scott Frost on them and uh, <laughs> let them into the sky. I think that that's what they do. Wow. Amazing. Uh, well, too bad. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting. Former OU baseball head coach Sonny Galloway, he was uh, previously the head coach at Moore High School. He's been named the new head coach at ECU. No, not that ECU, but the ECU in Oklahoma. East Central University, a a Division II program, has just hired Sonny Galloway, who took the Sooners to the College World Series once upon a time. How about that? Down in Ada, right? Very, very interesting. Um, good luck to him. Good luck to him. I'm sure he'll, he'll do really well. Good baseball coach. The man gets results. Yeah, he does. All man right. gets results. Last one. Front page treatment today for OU softball on ESPN. There is a great story oh. on there. The surprising secrets behind the most dominant team in sports. You need to read this story on ESPN. We don't promote a whole lot of things that come from ESPN, trust me, but this is one of the things on ESPN that you actually need to read. This story is very, very well done. An inside look at the dominant season of OU softball. Pretty cool. I really I do want to see that, but I have to admit, whenever I saw that scroll across the timeline on Twitter, I was, I was like, oh, man, no. Is it too early? Can't you do this after the championship? I know, right? Gosh, this is like the this is like the 2003 OU jinx all over again, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, we were all thinking it. You just had to go ahead and You're verbalize welcome. it. Awesome. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out, Brown O'Haver today. Four zero five seven three five fifty five ten. They are a public insurance firm that adjusts insurance claim for the insured, not the insurance company. If you've had a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver, routinely saving clients 30 to 40% more than when they take the claim on by themselves. Quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up hour number two.
Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Wednesday. CavensConstruction.com confirmed. Head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Brent Venables, will be joining us next hour at 520. So this will be our first time that we've talked to Brent Venables since, man, the Friday before the national championship game against LSU in 2019. We got him. Hey, think, Tyler, is this be- Yeah. Tyler, did he know that y- did he know Teddy was at Brown O'Haver and wanted to really <laughs> really make this remote a big hit? I is guess that- so. You're getting your <laughs> this money's is worth fantastic. today, John. Absolutely. Holy cow. Oh, that's great. The yeah. only the only thing that would be better is if Brent Venables was live from Brown O'Haver with Teddy, but you know, we'll take this. He's got He's 20 excited. minutes, he can he make that be, happen. Yeah. Maybe driving around in the area. Just send him a text, Ted. Uh, yeah, that's going to be cool, though. Uh, that'll be fun to have him on. He's got some some stuff coming up. But they've got one more caravan stop, and they've got some camps and stuff coming up this summer that, that he's uh, he's probably going to talk about as well. So it'll be good to hear from him. Um, tell us a little bit what's been going on. I love the, uh, the success stories. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. We talked about it last hour. Brown O'Haver, we handle claims for the insured, not the insurance company, especially you know, speaking directly to those folks out in Seminole. If you've had an insurance claim over the last month because of those tornadoes, give us a call. We make our clients 30 to 40% more than they get on their own. We had a client who had a fire that started in an electrical wiring in the crawl space of her mobile home. The original adjuster gave her $11,000. She reached out to us and said, hey, can you just look at this for me? Took a look at it. We got her an additional $34,000 on her structure Ooh. and an additional $18,000 on her policy limits. That's Ooh. a 500% increase. Wow. And, yeah. again, it, it's it's just kind of in the mindset of insurance companies. They're not going to pay if they don't have to. Right. And probably far too often um, you just accept the first thing that's handed, right? Uh, absolutely. And that's what they're counting on. They're counting right. on that. And so – Take the first thing and then call us. We'll take it over from there. It costs us nothing if we don't get you more money. 405-735-5510. There you go. Good stuff. Brown O'Haver. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got the final hour next, and we will be joined by Brent Venables at some point.